Hey everybody, Mike DiCepoli, Heritage Financial Advisory Group. Thank you for joining me for this Heritage Market Update. It is now July, the third quarter is underway, and we have a lot to discuss with you here today to bring you up to speed on what went on the first half of the year, and as well as how we think the second half will play out and a lot of the things that we're keeping our eyes on in this market. We hope to do a couple things here with this video today. We want to provide an update on the economy and review some of the key economic indicators that we're watching. We hope to talk about what's driving the market and whether this rally can continue. We want to discuss why we think this is the most hated rally of all time and what that might mean for market sentiment as we move ahead. Also, it's an election year, so we want to give you a brief overview of stock markets and election years and how we expect to see the rest of the year play out. And then, of course, how we are investing in this environment and how we will find value in our portfolio strategy. So first, let's start with an update on the economy and some important economic data. We use a lot of different economic data points to get a, a pulse, if you will, on the economy and to try to gauge the strengths and weaknesses that we are seeing. There's a lot of different things that we look at. I'm not going to go through them all today, but there is a couple key ones that I want to discuss here in this video. So first, we're looking at GDP, right? Gross domestic product. It's an annual, uh, it's a gauge of overall economic output for the United States. And just to give you kind of baseline numbers here, coming into this crisis, the U.S. was averaging 3% GDP growth annualized for the last couple of years. Now, economists, uh, their estimates think that in this quarter, we're going to see a negative 5% reading on GDP, so a loss of 5% of our economic output. Now, obviously, a loss was expected when you shut down large areas of the economy. We know we're going to damage economic output, but what's going to be more important is to see how GDP responds in subsequent quarters and if we get a snapback recovery in these numbers. Polled economists think that we will see a growth GDP gain of 10 to 15 percent next quarter, so minus five this quarter, and somewhere between 10 to 15 percent upside next quarter. And what that will do is bring us down at lower annualized average. We won't hit that three percent annualized number this year, but it still looks like the U.S. can squeak out positive economic growth for the year. That remains to be seen as we go ahead, so we will monitor that very closely in the quarters to come. Another thing we look at, obviously, is the unemployment market, the job market, and the statistics that go along with that. Now, anytime you shut down large areas of the economy, we know we're going to see massive job losses. What's important to identify is are those job losses continuing, or is the trend starting to reverse? So at our peak, we saw 20 million unemployed, 20 million jobs lost. And each month we get an update on those statistics to see if things are getting better or worse. As of today, 5.3 million of the 20 million jobs have come back. So we still have 14.7 million unemployed. Now that's a very high number. Obviously we want to see that number to continue to move down as quickly as possible. But again, to see 5.3 million come back so far, that is an encouraging sign. Now how does this translate into the unemployment statistics that we hear so much about? Again, just to give you a little bit of a baseline average, coming into this crisis, U.S. unemployment rate was 3.6%. After all the job losses due to the shutdowns, we saw that unemployment rate spike to 14.4%. And as of this morning, with the newly released figures that we have here today, the, the figure is now 11.1% unemployed. So again, still very high, still well above long-run averages, but we are seeing those numbers move in the right directions. If you're curious how this breaks down on a state-by-state -state basis, not going to go through all 50 states, but the number one state with the lowest unemployment rate is Nebraska at 5.2%, and the state with the highest unemployment rate is Nevada 
with 25.3%. We think that's largely a byproduct of the fact that many of those jobs in Nevada are in hospitality, hotels, casinos, et cetera, and with the forced closures of those establishments, that state got hit extra hard. If you're curious where New York falls in the fray here, New York ranks 39th with an unemployment rate of 14.5. So we are above the national average of 11.1. Still a lot of work to be done in the area of jobs and unemployment. Now you've heard us say for a long time that we believe that this is a consumer-driven economy. Discretionary spending by consumers is one of the most important factors that we use to determine whether people are expanding or shrinking in terms of household spending. Now obviously in March and in the beginning of April we saw retail sales drop precipitously. People weren't out, they weren't spending as much money, they were holding on to their money. But we've seen a very encouraging trend established here over the last couple months. After a 17% drop in retail sales during the beginning of the pandemic, we saw retail sales jump 18.2% in May, which was the largest increase ever recorded. And as of this morning, we got updated statistics for June, retail sales jumped higher, another 7.5%. So when you look at the net-net gain and loss scenario here, retail sales now are actually at a level higher than they were coming into the pandemic. So that is an encouraging sign. We do understand there are expanded unemployment benefits and stimulus that is factoring into some of the spending. So it's going to be important to see if these retail statistics continue to improve. But so far, this is a very encouraging sign that says consumers, largely, their confidence about the future is unshaken at this time. Now, when we look at all these different economic figures, it gives us an idea in terms of what direction the market is moving. But this is only one piece of the puzzle. And a lot of people want to know, with statistics like this, with 14 million people unemployed, how can the stock market possibly be rallying in the backdrop with this backdrop of economic data? And it's a good question. We hear it a lot. And there's a couple reasons, I think, why this market has legs right now. Number one, you're seeing unprecedented fiscal stimulus from the Federal Reserve and the government, whether it's stimulus checks, direct payments, the Federal Reserve injecting capital into different liquidity markets around the world to help big corporations. We've seen an unprecedented response, very swift and strong from the government in response to this crisis. Number two, this is really a market that still has excessive bearishness and excessive levels of pessimism, which is actually a good sign. Okay, we tend to look at certain things like that as contrarian indicators. When everybody feels good about the market, the market is probably vulnerable. And when most people are bearish and feel negative about the market, there is actually potential to surprise to the upside. So that is something that we think is going on right now. Now, the economic data that we have in front of us here, we can't argue this is good data, but it's our position that the market doesn't care or deal in terms of good or bad. It is concerned more with better or worse. So again, nobody would look at 14 million unemployed and say that is a good figure, but currently it is better than where we estimated we would be at this point. And if the data continues to be better than expected, you can expect to see the market continue to rise with it. That works both ways. So if the data starts becoming worse than expected, obviously that would pose a risk to this rally. We are also seeing that there is record amounts of cash on the sidelines. So back in March, 31% of all adult investors made the catastrophic mistake of selling everything they own and pulling their money out of the market. So that's $8 trillion that left the market at that time, which really explains why we saw the market fall so far so fast. But now a lot of this money is trapped on the sidelines in money market funds that are not earning much. 
And if people want any real return on their money, this money is going to have to make its way back into the market. So this is one big reason, actually five trillion reasons, why we think the market has a good backdrop and potentially a sustainable rally is that there's five trillion dollars trapped outside the market that's going to have to make its way back in at some point if people want to continue to earn on their money. And again, nobody wants to hear about the party they're not invited to. That's why a lot of these investors have questioned this rally. They've said it's unsustainable. They, they just largely hate this rally because the investing public, one-third, got off the elevator at the wrong stop at the bottom. And large institutions have also missed big parts of this rally. These are the hedge funds and large banks that are constantly publicly commenting about how the rally is unsustainable. But if you check books and records on what their firm is doing, it's because they are trailing this rally and they are woefully, woefully underinvested. So we think that that is something that is an underlying catalyst to the market that not many people are, are you know, essentially paying much attention to. That's why we think this rally is so hated. Now, stock markets and election years. This is an election year, and there's really no clear-cut answer to how markets perform in election years. It really doesn't matter much who's in the White House, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, whether they're running for first term, second term, re-election, etc. We generally tend to see the same performance in all those different environments. But one thing you can expect to see is increased levels of volatility in the market, which is these big moves in the market. You're probably quite used to it after what we just went through in the second quarter with the pandemic. So again, probably more of that as we move forward in the year. What we also expect is that you will see Congress do nothing constructive between now and the election. Neither side wants to agree on anything with an election coming down the pipe. Obviously, Democrats hope that they'll take the White House and they'll work on their agenda after November 5th. Republicans feel if they get a re-election, they'll have a firmer support base to put through new legislation. So we don't expect any legislation going through between now and the election. And quite honestly, that's a good thing. If Congress is not working together, that means they can't do any harm. Generally, everything they put their hands on, they break. So right now, we think gridlock in Washington, D.C. is not a terrible thing for the markets because that means the status quo of what we have policy-wise will continue. So how are we investing in this market? How have we found value so far in the pandemic? And how will we continue to do so moving forward? You've heard us say for many years, and we continue to believe to be the case, that technology is the leader of this market. These are the companies that are high-quality companies with deep pockets, and their businesses are sustainable regardless of market environment. We think that's something that's very important, that this pandemic has created a big divergence between winners and losers in the market. So good companies that have financially been responsible and have good uh, trends with staying business power have continued to expand during the course of this pandemic. Many of those companies are trading higher than they were before the pandemic came around. And we've seen some of the more economically sensitive companies, things that we don't own like airlines and hotels, have really had a tough time during this pandemic because their businesses are directly impacted by lockdown policies. We continue to believe there are undeniable trends in this market in technology and healthcare. Healthcare goes without saying, when you look at the demographics of our aging population and all the healthcare services that will be needed for baby boomers and the likes over the next 20, 25 years is astronomical. And again, when you look at technology, these are companies with great core businesses that we have found they can continue to thrive and grow even in a pandemic environment due to their digital presence and the way that business is done differently with a lot of these technology companies. So we continue to believe that this is the way forward. 
This has worked well for us so far. We have been rewarded by being heavily invested in technology up to this point. Uh, but again, there's still time on the clock. We still have a lot of work to do this year. Uh, we're halfway home and we will continue to work tirelessly to identify the good investment opportunities for our strategy to make sure we get the most out of this market. You know, we really appreciate the support that we've gotten from our clients during this time. We know this has been a very difficult time for people in their personal lives, in their work lives, with everything going on. And we appreciate the commitment that our clients had for uh, with us, sticking with us and allowing us to guide you through this crisis. We will continue to work as hard as possible to make sure that we get through this on the other side together. Again, we're happy with the progress so far, but there's still time on the clock, there's still work to be done. So if you have any questions, we encourage, please give me a call, send us an email. We'd love to see you again. We are allowed to have people in the office now uh, based on the phased reopening, but if you're someone that's not comfortable coming in, we have other options available to us with Zoom video conferencing and the like. So reach out to us, we'll set something up. Always happy to talk to you about the things that matter with your money. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next.